Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to the Astrology Podcast. Today, uh, joining me is Shauna McGrath, and we're going to be talking about astrology and psychotherapy. Uh, so, hey, Shauna, thanks for joining me. Hi, Chris. Hey, so you are the host of a, a YouTube channel, which I really like, which is the Astro Psyche YouTube channel, and you've been doing forecasts for years. I think you and I both got started doing YouTube around the same time, or at least I know we were both really focused on it around 2016, 2017, right? Yes, I'm not sure when you started. I um I started my channel around 2014. Uh so I think we were still yeah, we were both kind of coming into that sphere around the same time. Sure, yeah. Um I remember uh just talking with you a little bit back then when I was starting to move more from just doing audio to video. Um but I'm excited about this topic because your background is that you're actually an astrologer and a psychotherapist, right? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and to explore the how the two work together. Yeah, for sure. So, um part of the context is that we're going to talk about um how astrology can be used as a psychotherapeutic tool, um but also discuss some of the pros and some of the cons and different ethical considerations for applying it within that context because there's a lot of different things that come up and um i always try to do a thorough job and you had um put together an outline for us today that i really liked just in terms of talking about um while astrology can be a really powerful tool for psychotherapy that there can sometimes be some issues that people need to be aware of going into it i think right yes and um you know, this is something that I do in my private practice. I incorporate astrology into the psychotherapy process. And um, it's something that the more that I do it and the more that I talk to folks about it, I'm I'm always aware of the, the ways in which it could go wrong or the ways in which um, there are things that maybe we don't think of when we get really excited about putting astrology into something like psychotherapy. So yeah, lots lots to consider, I think, when we're talking about this. For sure. Um, so what is your background for those that are not familiar with your work? Since this is the first time in your channel, what's your background and training um, in both of those areas? Yes. Uh, so I initially started with astrology. Um, I started studying astrology around 2012 and um, was really influenced by uh, Richard Tarnas's work, Cosmos and Psyche, and um, and Chani Nicholas's work, and your book um, was a big influence on me as well. And so, um, yeah, I got really into astrology around my Saturn return. And um, were you studying at CIS, or what's your educational background? I, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, initially I was very much self-taught. I think that I learned a lot just through doing a lot of readings and learning from my clients. Um, later in later years, uh, I studied with an archetypal astrologer and psychotherapist, uh, Jessica Derutza. Um, and she was a student of Richard Tarnas. Um, she taught at CIS. So, um, that's a bulk of my influence. But again, I think um, that I sort of came to later a lot of um, my formative years as an astrologer, I think was really just learning by talking to folks. And so that's always kind of stuck with me. Um, 
And then, uh, so I, I started doing astrology professionally around 2014 and, uh, was doing readings for, I think a couple of years. And then at some point I started to have these experiences where folks were coming to me with, um, pretty extreme problems, like, um, things like experiencing addiction or eating disorders or, um, suicidal thoughts and things like this. And I was just like, whoa, um, this is more intense than I'm prepared for. And around that same time, I had been in my own psychotherapy for several years and um, with a psychotherapist who was also an astrologer. And so I share that, I share all of this because this is really a part of um, like my own therapy process and working with my own astrology in a psychotherapeutic way is really, um, I feel a part of my training and the work that I do now. Um, and so I ended up um, through the encouragement of my therapist, um, deciding to go back to school to become a psychotherapist. And, uh, I did that through Pacifica graduate Institute, um, in Santa Barbara, they focus on depth psychotherapy, um, very similar to CIIS. And, uh, yeah, that's, those are, those are the highlights I think. Okay. Awesome. That's really great. Actually. I love each individual astrologer always has like actually a really interesting story. If you, ask about their background. And it's always interesting, the different influences and the key moments sometimes that shape the direction that we end up going. Um, but I know I've heard other astrologers that have a similar um, history as, as you do in terms of starting to do consultations with clients and apply astrology in practice, but realizing that when you're talking about people's lives, like sometimes you can end up talking about some really serious, really heavy stuff. And sometimes people can be a little bit unprepared for that and and sometimes end up feeling like they need to go and get further training in order to be able to do it deal with that in a way that's like appropriate and and healing and and things like that. Yes, and I think that's one of the challenges of the astrological field is that we're uh at least this was my experience as I felt severely underprepared for how to hold space for people and how to interact with someone cuz yeah, we we get into deep stuff and and how do you manage that in the room with the client? And then how do you manage that as a professional as well when maybe your own stuff is also activated? Yeah, for sure. Um, and especially, you know, for people like your like yourself or other people, like if you're you're in your 20s or something and you're getting study, you're getting started reading charts or other things, or maybe your background had not been in like psychology or counseling or or therapy prior to that point. Um, a person might not be familiar with some of those different skills and different things that are like necessary sometimes when you're dealing with people in that context. Um, so that's you know part of where where this topic comes up. But um, maybe we should transition to talking about like why why is this topic relevant now and what's sort of the context of that? Yes. Uh, so it's relevant now because as I'm as I'm doing this work and starting to integrate and learn about, okay, what does it look like for me as a, as a therapist to incorporate astrology into this work? I'm researching what other people are doing and the literature that's out there. And um, I've come to realize that there's a lot of literature, books, studies, et cetera, that address astrology from a psychological perspective 
And there's a lot of literature on how to read a birth chart therapeutically. So basically how to infuse astrology with a psychological lens. And I think that's valuable. And I'm also, I, I found myself saying, you know, how what does it actually look like to bring astrology to therapy? What does it look like in the therapeutic room? Um, you know, I, Again, I had my own experience, but that's just one, my own lived experience. And what does it look like when a therapist brings astrology into the room? What do they want to make sure that they do or not do? And I frankly haven't been able to find much about that. I have, um, there are folks who I can mention um, who have written about that, but it's it's very scant. And so it just felt like relevant now to start to bring this more in, especially as astrology is becoming more mainstream and um, people are wanting to bring their awareness of their chart into their healing process. Yeah, that's a really good point because you do, you're right. It's like we hear about um, astrologers trying to find ways to integrate like psychology or therapy into or on top of their astrology or the basis being astrology but we don't often hear about it from the other's perspective of somebody whose primary profession or basis is therapy or acting as a psychotherapist who wants to integrate astrology on top of that um, because that's a somewhat different orientation. Yes, and it's a very different goal because in and well, this is on our agenda today is what's the difference between a therapeutic astrology reading versus, a psychotherapy process that incorporates astrology. In my mind, they're they're they have similar values, but very different endpoints. Yeah. Um, so I mean, part of I mean, what is the orientation? I mean, part of the orientation is like as an astrologer, you know, astrologers wear many different hats. And that was actually I was thinking about this recently. I made like a tweet about it that you have to be like, an astrologer on some level, you have to be like a historian, you have to be a sociologist, you have to be a futurist, like all in one, just as like a few titles that one one could like associate with the different things that astrologers do. But maybe part of the difference between being an astrologer primarily versus a psychotherapist primarily is like the astrologer is primarily trying to be accurate at what they do in terms of the technical apparatus of astrology, which involves using planetary or celestial movements to look at the past and the present and, and the future to some extent. Whereas um, I guess as a therapist, you're talking about an ongoing process of, of seeing somebody and building a relationship over a period of time that's focused on that that dialogue and, and helping them as part of that. Yes. And I love that. I saw that tweet. And um, I think that's so true for astrologers as well as therapists, because as therapists, you know, we need to know about our clients' lives and culture and humanity. Um, it seems to me that an astrologer's purpose is to provide insight to the client. It's like there's something that the astrologer has, and this is often collaborative, right? We're like asking questions as we're doing the reading. But there's something as an astrologer when I'm doing a reading where I am imparting something to you, and then how does it land and how does it connect in with your life? Um, whereas there's this transmission from astrologer to client. Whereas in contrast with psychotherapy, 
psychotherapy is always about amplifying the client's experience. And it's more about the client finding the answers within themselves. And the therapist is sort of holding this, the frame for that to emerge. Um, and now, of course, this is coming from my biased perspective as a depth psychotherapist, more focused on working relationally, working with the unconscious and having that that sort of um, orientation versus behavioral. Um, but that notwithstanding, uh, yeah, psychotherapy is more about the client coming to their own conclusions versus versus me saying, this is how you are. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, what also brings, it brings up something that I say pretty commonly, which is that it's just something astrologers have to learn at some point, which is just because you can say something with astrology doesn't necessarily mean that you should. And mm. I think we get into part of that line here as well, where sometimes there's some version of astrology, which can be just this purely technical apparatus that can say things perhaps about a person's life that are true, but not necessarily like helpful or not necessarily com comfortable or inherently therapeutic versus like an orientation of maybe somebody that is a psychotherapist where their number one almost like obligation is to try to be helpful and help sort of heal the person or or do what's in their best interest in that sense. Not that astrologers shouldn't have that ethical consideration, but um, there's just a slightly different orientation about how they're going about doing it and what some of their motivations are, it seems like. Yeah, I love that you bring that up because yeah, that that feels important that that okay, how is how is this delineation in a chart reading? How is this helping the person versus could this be? Um, and I think that's why uh, it is so valuable to have all of this um, these resources resources on counseling skills for astrologers because it's like, okay, how do we see what the person actually needs? Um, versus just rushing in with all of our cool ideas about the way that things are. Right. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So part of what we're going to talk about here is how astrology informs the therapy process and like what that actually looks like. Because I think one of your observations is that there actually is like, so, there are some people that are primarily psychotherapists that do incorporate astrology to some extent in their work. And while that's not like a huge um, portion of the field necessarily, necessarily, it's interesting just that that exists and it's something that's not necessarily widely recognized. So it would be interesting to look into how that works and, and what that's about. Yes. Um, and I would love to share with you uh, a, a few quotes from Carl Jung about his process of using astrology in, in psychotherapy, because I think this is the other thing is that um, that we're like, oh yeah, Carl Jung, he valued astrology, but like, did did he actually use it? Did he use the chart in his process? Did he talk to his clients about it? Like, those are the kinds of things I want to know. Like, what did he actually do? Right. And we don't have a lot on that, unfortunately. Um, but there's a couple of things. So, um, so let's see. Uh, so two different core quotes that I'll share. Uh, so Carl Jung wrote in a letter in 1911 to Freud. So this is like very early on 
in his studies, um, this may be a popular one that folks have heard. He says, my evenings are taken up very largely with astrology. I make horoscopic calculations in order to find the clue to the core of psychological truth. And so that to me says that he's pulling a chart and he's looking at it to assess his understanding of, of the client case. And so yeah, this I is an, yeah, I love that quote. Cause I always can just, he's like writing that to Freud. And I always just imagine like Freud rolling, rolling his eyes and being like, okay, um, you know, and what, and what his reaction would have been, but yeah, that's one of the like core quotes and that's from super early in Jung's career. Yes. And then so later there's a letter that um that I think this is also, you know, quite popular, but it bears repeating. Uh Carl Jung wrote in a letter to um astrologer B. V. Brahm, and this is in 1947. So this is fairly late in his career. Um uh, he says, since you want to know my opinion about astrology. I can tell you I've been interested in this particular activity of the human mind for more than 30 years. In cases of difficult psychological diagnosis, I usually get a horoscope in order to have a further point of view from an entirely different angle. I must say that very often I found that the astrological data elucidated certain points, which I otherwise would have been unable to understand. From such experiences, I form the opinion that astrology is of particular interest to the psychologist. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, and then he's also writing like the papers on synchronicity and he's doing like his astrology test, like during those, or at least during one of those. So it's like, it keeps coming up at different points in his life. And I've done other episodes kind of going in more detail about Jung's background in astrology. But I think the conclusion was with those was that there was no, I don't want to say no question, but it seemed like it was easy to classify him as an astrologer although obviously he was primarily a like a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, it, from what I can tell, it's definitely something that he used to inform his understanding, but maybe not necessarily with clients. Um, as far as folks, um, psychotherapists who are using astrology, not just to inform the process, but, but actively with clients, um, I know that... Uh, one of my astrological mentors, Jessica Derutza, she um, works very strongly with psychotherapy as well as astrology with her clients, and she's written on this and spoken on this. Um, there is a, a psychotherapist named Delia Shargill who wrote an article in um, the Archive Journal, which is put out by um, Richard Tarnas or CIIS. She wrote about using astrology and psychotherapy, especially when folks um, are experiencing um, what they call psychological complexes or like strong emotion. Um, Yvonne Tarnas-Smith wrote her PhD dissertation on uh, using astrology, especially using synastry between the client and the therapist and the consultation chart. Um, really interesting study. Um, and then Greg Bogart is a psychotherapist astrologer who's talked about incorporating this. And then um, Stephen Arroyo, of course, is a psychotherapist that's written about that as well. Um, but I just I share those names because I think it's important to honor those folks who are putting it out there. But I also see sort of, um, you know, a hesitancy to talk about the process. And I think 
therapy is a very private kind of process and it can be difficult to talk about it. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Those are the folks that I'm aware of that are doing this. Yeah. And I think aware of is actually a good word as well, because in, like realistically, there probably is there probably are a fair number of therapists that might have some interest in astrology, um, but that maybe don't make that interest public or where, because they're primarily therapists, it's like, that's what they're doing. And they're not necessarily like some of the names you mentioned are people that have become, have written books on astrology, for example, so that professionally they're often categorized more as astrologers in some ways. So there may, be, I guess, what I'm saying is just there may be a lot of actually like psychotherapists that use astrology to some extent, um, even if we don't know about it, or even if it's hard hard to like quantify that number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's there's a bit of like, oh, this is something you know. It's kind of like don't tell anyone. You know, even today when astrology is becoming more mainstream, there's still a little bit of feeling protective against that interest. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm sure just because you know astrology is not is currently viewed as like a pseudoscience so and already I while psychology is on a much more firm standing over the past few decades there's always been a little bit of that tension sometimes of of whether psychology itself was you know, on a sure enough footing or something like that, or if that you're doing something, if you're doing something that's scientific and um and I'm sure that associating oneself with astrology for many people would automatically be sort of like a disqualifier or or you could be seen as doing something like negative or even potentially harmful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's yeah, there's a lot of charged material there for sure. Sure, sure. So um, that's kind of the context. Uh, so why don't we talk about how exactly it is used or could be used by some of the people that that use it? Um, so one of the things is using the birth chart itself to some extent um, in a therapeutic context, right? Uh, yes. And I the way that I see it, there's two different ways to approach this. There is number one is using the, the astrology as a tool for the psychotherapist to conceptualize the case, to conceptualize their client um, without ever using it in session, without the client ever knowing that's what's happening. Um, and then the other way, the second way is to bring the astrology into the room. And I think that's so important to to name because because of what we just talked about that there is this like scary thing around what does it mean when i use astrology and so um i think at a practical level for me that means uh using the natal chart to understand the temperament of the person what they may be experiencing um their psychology and then also using timing techniques like why are they coming in now what are they talking about and how do we see that in the chart? Um, I tend to use transits, but I think that any type of timing system can be helpful. Um, and then on top of that, and we can go more into these, um, I just want to name that um, I also find it really helpful to look at the synastry between myself and the client to see what's being activated. And 
the consultation chart of the first session as well. So all of these pieces, without even bringing it into session with the client, can help to understand uh, to help understand the client, who they are, what they're experiencing, and what this phase of life is about for them. Mm, right. And and that's really interesting because that, that brings it back to the previous point, but just that for some people, this can be, for some psychotherapists, that can be something that they're doing in the back of their mind or like somewhere in their in their mind that's partially informing things a little bit, but it's not necessarily something they're bringing out sort of overtly in the session itself, which I guess is part of why I was saying, you know, it, it could be hard to quantify like how many therapists might, psychotherapists might actually incorporate astrology to some extent, because for some, it may just be sort of partially like a background thing that that they're using to some extent. Yes. And I think it can even be little pieces here and there too. I um, am thinking right now of uh, a colleague who is not necessarily um, an astrologer. Um, she's a psychotherapist. She knows enough about the signs, you know, just to have a, um, a sense for things. And her client is into astrology and her client that she'd been working with for maybe about five months revealed um, their moon and rising sign. And my colleague, the therapist was like, oh my God, like, of course, it just really clarified and um, helped her understand the client that much more. And so I think little things like that is, yeah, where that person, they're using astrology to understand the client and it doesn't have to be looking at the chart. It, it can be in this very um, subtle piecemeal sort of way as well. Yeah, for sure. Or or like if you're sitting there and the client's talking about how they feel like they're at like a real turning point in their life um, due to their age and they feel like they're like letting go of childhood and like moving into adulthood and they're like 29 years old. Like I think somebody that has any sort of like astrological background, it would be hard for them not to then sort of connect that and realize that this person's going through their Saturn return and that that might partially help them contextualize like the the part of this person's life that they're in or even like to get more even more specific with the transit like this summer you know i'm sure there were a lot of like you know therapy sessions of clients talking about relationship stuff that was coming up and just like knowing the venus retrograde was like the backdrop of this summer for many people in terms of different relationship things. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, yeah, a lot of Venus retrograde uh, stuff this summer. And I think that, yeah, we can, as therapists, we can just having that understanding like, okay, what's, what are you rethinking about the way that you show up in relationship and um, what's working and what's not working and who do you want to be? And, how does this connect to your values? Like all of these questions are informed by Venus retrograde. And of course, a therapist may come to these questions without astrology, but why not have this additional tool in our, our toolbox to be able to help us really feel into what's happening? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because it, it just becomes an interesting access point sometimes for understanding things or sometimes giving additional context, like, you know, the clients talking about like, why did this relationship like come back from like eight years ago into my life? And why am I like, um, you know, reprocessing all these different things that happened eight years ago or or what happened and what have you. And that, 
you happen to know in the back of your mind, well, you know, Venus went retrograde in the same spot eight years ago, and this is a repetition of some of that, and that's part of why things are being brought up again. So, but but all of this is a more sort of like almost like passive use of astrology that the um, therapist can be using themselves sort of privately or can help them to some extent, but is not necessarily something that's being used actively or even in any major way necessarily in the consult in the consultation itself, right? That's right. Yes. And I I think this is important because um as therapists, when we first start working with someone, we're like, okay, what's what's happening here? Like, who is this person? What's going on? And it's not like we start by doing an intake and then knowing, okay, this is exactly who this person is and what their challenges are. It's a constant discovery. Um, at least that's the way that I experience it. And so, yeah, the the astrology is helping to contextualize what's happening, um, helping us to understand and, um, yeah, for our own understanding of of the client and what's happening. Right. I forgot about that point because you really are, you're meeting a stranger and then over a period of many therapy sessions, you're like getting to know that person and you're getting to know their personality and the things they struggle with and the things like that. So you're you're very slowly uncovering more and more about who this person is, which is then helping you to formulate a better idea of how you might be able to give them advice or, or help them in different ways. But the astrology, the potential of the astrology, at least the thing that's always been interesting from that perspective about astrology and the potential it holds is that it could act as a sort of shortcut potentially to understanding some things about the person or maybe accelerate that process. Yes. And I like to think of it as uh, another model for understanding humans, <laughs> for understanding human nature and this human life. Just like um, in psychotherapy, we have all of these different models. We have like psychoanalytic theory and we have, um, you know, behavioral theory and existential theory. We have all these different ways of understanding what is what is psyche, what is the mind, how does the mind work, what is our developmental process even, um, what are the stages of life that folks tend to go through over time. And astrology is just another one of those that we can use that so this is what's really cool about using the natal chart, especially, is that it's not just a stock theory, it's connected to that individual. And so it tells us sort of like a model of their unique mind. And um so whereas um in psychotherapy, maybe we would use um use a model of of development or even use dreams to understand where they're at and what's happening the astrology is so personal to them based on their birth chart and based on their transits and uh, i i just i find that really really cool because there's nothing quite like that in the psychological field yeah um yeah really you know to the extent that astrology is accurate and you're able to like do a good job with it, um, having a much more personalized like model of a person's psychological dynamics and communication style or all sorts of other like relational dynamics and things that happen in their lives. That's like really um really unique and and obviously would probably be the most helpful in that context out of any of the other professions that you could possibly apply astrology to. 
Yes. Uh, and I, I want to note too, another piece of this is, especially when we're looking at the synastry between the therapist and client, um, I think that helps the therapist to understand um, trans, what we call transference or countertransference, which is essentially um, when there's a strong feeling that is, uh, you know, if I'm working with a client and um, let's say they're experiencing something in their relationship that mirrors what I've experienced in some way, and then I have a lot of strong feelings around it, that's transference. Um, and then I look at the synastry and I'm like, oh, you know, we have like a Mars Venus connection or something like this. Or um, maybe I'm working with a client where we're really working on, um, they're working on their ability to have boundaries in relationship. And that's something that I have experience with too. And then I look at our synastry and we have like a moon Saturn connection or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay, I can... Um, I think this is so important because when when we're doing therapy, it's it's like psychoactive. There's a lot of feelings that get kicked up for the therapist and folks. I, and I think we can say this for astrologers too. Sometimes maybe there's a client that we work with that where there's a lot of feeling that gets kicked up and um, and it stays with us. And I think that looking at the synastry can help us to understand what it is that we're feeling and what's ours as a clinician and what's the client's um, feelings, what our stuff is versus their stuff and where the two connect in together. I don't know if that makes sense or not, if the way I explained that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's something that's really important for people to be aware of as you start integrating astrologies. There's all these different ways it can be integrated. And, and one of them that becomes obvious is that, um, you know, you, the therapist, has a chart and the client has a chart, and those are going to interact in different ways. And that for all humans, there's just sometimes there's different types of interactions that just click and go, and go very well. And there's other types of interactions that really, due to no fault of either party, for some reason, don't mesh as well or don't click um, or bring up in some instances like issues from a person's past uh, for different reasons. And um, sometimes that can be trickier than others. So it's it's actually very useful to be aware of those potential dynamics um, within this context. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, like I can imagine also like if you were like you're working through issues of somebody's working through issues with like their father and it's connected with some specific placement in the fourth house and you, the therapist, like has like a bunch of their like their son you're born on the same day as the person's father or something like that you know that would be very interesting in terms of um ways that different things might like activate different things that could be either helpful or actually more more challenging yes and i think that yeah knowing that okay the the part of me uh let's say yeah let's say that um Let's say the client has Saturn in the fourth house and um, and that they're really working on um, their relationship to paternal figures and to um, and to um, themes in their family system around um, around father and their experience of father. And then let's say my son is conjunct their Saturn. Um, that's going to be an activator for them because, 
um, I'm bringing light to that paternal part. And so that could go in a variety of different ways, depending on the person's temperament. They may um, experience me as like rigid or harsh in some way. Um, you know, things like, uh, yeah, they, they may experience me that way, depending on however I am. And so when I see that, it's a way for me to not take it personally and to know that, okay, this is their experience. And how can I, how can I be a benefic and helpful symbol of Saturn for them? How can I embody the, the sun Saturn energy in a new kind of way? Cause I think that's the other thing about therapy is that ideally we're working out an old situation in a new way. And that the therapist is, is, um, is an embodiment to be able to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and it also makes me think of like, I haven't found a good way to phrase this, but I've been calling it like the provisional nature of astrological prediction and interpretation, which is that how to find that balance as an astrologer, which would be important here between looking at something and having an idea of what it means or having an idea that maybe that could be problematic or there could be tension between the two of you, like let's say in this instance, but then maybe not forming too hard of a preconception or an assumption that it will definitely work out in exactly that the way that you suspect that it might at first, but instead letting things still grow and develop organically and see how that 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 archetype ends up manifesting. I think that's a great point. And Yes, because that that particular aspect, the my son conjunct their Saturn, that could be that maybe the person feels, um, yeah, maybe they they project the positive aspects of um, paternal care onto me, and you know, so we never really know how it's going to shake out, and I think. That's a part of the challenge of using astrology in general, but especially in the psychotherapeutic space, is that there can be this, um, this oh, I know what this means, and this is, and going into it with surety. Whereas, um, I'm always trying to come into the therapeutic space with a sense of of not knowing, um, because ultimately we don't know what someone else's experience is. Yeah, for sure. That seems really important and and to let things sort of grow and develop organically and see where they go. Um so that but that's a careful middle ground to try to walk. Um so that's one thing definitely to be aware of like synastry um and also I know you mentioned the consultation chart of the first session like essentially the first meeting chart is also sometimes being very very relevant. Mhm. Yes. And I think that even more so the consultation chart is something that I think needs time to blossom and for us to understand like, oh, this is what, because even, yeah, we meet and we work for a period of months or years sometimes. And uh, sometimes it's not for quite a while that we understand, oh, this is what the therapy is actually about. Um, especially when we're talking about uh, depth psychotherapy, working a lot with the unconscious and relational patterns, uh, someone may come in because they're experiencing anxiety or uh, depression or a relationship challenge that they want to figure out. And then that may be resolved, but then there's there's more, there's something else that that they want to get into. And I think that 
the consultation chart can be an inkling into that and and give us a sense for it. But then it's really cool to see how it blossoms and develops. And then we can, I, I like to look at the consultation chart almost in retrospect to understand a bit of what's happened as well, because that helps me understand um, yeah, what, what it is that we've done and what this person is really about also in this phase of their life. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's that, which kind of goes back to Jung and that quote about astrology being connected to like the quality of that moment and like the quality of the moment imprinting things. And that's true for any time you start like a new major venture that you can cast a chart for that and it will it will reflect that to some extent. Um, but that's really important where and unique where in this instance you actually have what is essentially like the first meeting chart and like the quality of the connection between you and the client in some way being described um in the moment of your first meeting in some ways. Yes. And uh Yvonne Smith Tarnas's dissertation really explored this in a very thorough way where um she talked about the synastry as well as the consultation chart where uh, sometimes there are themes where we can see like, oh, there's this synastry, like let's say um, there's a, a Saturn moon connection between the client and the therapist. And then the transiting moon happens to also make an aspect to that synastry as well, or something like that, where it's like all three of the charts sort of connect in together. And I think mm -hmm. that can get a little complicated and a little heady, but um, but but also nonetheless, like really interesting again to look at, especially if you're like, okay, what's actually happening here and what are we doing and how do I make sense of this? Yeah, that's really, really fascinating and really important. Um, so it kind of brings us around where you had said that the the purpose of this um would be like understanding, validating, and amplifying um what is happening and and things with the client. Could you expand on what you mean by that? Yeah. So um, I think that when we're going to bring astrology into the room with the client, I, I like to follow the client's lead. I think that it ideally should come from the client, like something that they want to talk about. Um, and I always like to say the, the least amount possible um, as far as what I think the transit is. And sometimes if, you know, someone's like, oh yeah, because I'm having, you know, my Saturn return or I'm having, or I, um, you know, I have this darn uh, Saturn square moon aspect in my birth chart. And I, I have to, you know, stop myself from saying, oh, well, of course you would feel that way because, you know, moon Saturn is really difficult. Um, and it means X, Y, and Z. Um, instead, I would say, well, so what is what does moon Saturn mean to you? How do you experience that in your, your life? And uh, that gives them the opportunity to essentially to teach me what that means to them and how that correlates to their individual life. And um, from there, I can add more to that and I can add more if they ask, of course. Um, but I'm always very curious about how someone experiences the transit to their personal life. Like, what are some examples of the way that you see that showing up in your life? What connections are you seeing? 
And it's possible that I may see more connections than they do, but I want to be very cautious about sharing that because it's so important for the client to come to their own realization and understanding and to, um, I think of it as like, uh, it's like they have this delicate flower that is their understanding of what's happening. And if I walk into it, I'm like smashing that and I'm not allowing it to bloom more fully. That is actually a really important point. I want to circle back to that about a potential problem with like scenario number two, which we're about to get into, which is actively using astrology within the context of consulting session, which is like, what if your approach to astrology is different than the approach that the client the, you know, is having, which could be a huge problem. Um, but I just want to wrap up the previous section. So we were sure. talking about using astrology passively. So there's an entire way that a person, a therapist could use astrology passively just to help better understand, to help validate the perspective of the client and to amplify some of the things they are saying that, that can be operating on these different level of, levels of like their birth chart and knowledge of it, um, timing techniques, knowing the synastry between you and the client, and finally, the consultation chart of your first session that just gives you additional helpful information that you can use somewhat passively as the therapist, but not necessarily that's being brought into the session itself, and that that can be perfectly valid and, and effective and, and useful? Yes, exactly. Well said. Okay, cool. So scenario two is that you started talking about is that there's another scenario where we bring astrology into the session much more actively in that it's actually actively being discussed openly. And you're saying that point one for you with that is to do it in a way where you sometimes try to let it arise, especially from the client themselves. And you're saying that if if the client themselves has an interest in astrology? Yes. And I think it's, you know, it's going to depend on it's going to depend on the client and what they're like. I, my practice, I'm very open that I'm an astrologer and I I tend to let people know that I incorporate astrology into the therapy um, process if they like. For someone who maybe is a little bit more private about it, I think, you know, you'll get a feel. For, people are going to talk about astrology and therapy if they're into it, I think. And I if not, I think they should. Um, but yeah, I, I think always it's like the the time the time in therapy as as the therapist it's not my agenda like i am not in charge of this process it's like the client is always in charge and if they're wanting to bring something in it's like okay yes like what what wants to come in and i think that that's one of the challenges of wanting to bring this in is that uh, we get really excited about astrology and we're like, oh my gosh, like if you only knew that you were having this transit, then, you know, you would just, it, it would make your life so much easier. And uh, I think that we need to like kind of reality check that a bit and, um, and keep in mind that this is what the client wants. And if the client wants to bring in astrology, that will happen organically. Um, and yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, yeah. So if the client like wants to discuss that they're like going through their Saturn return with you and they want to process that, or if like if they're aware of that Venus retrograde transit and they're already in their mind connecting it, 
with what's going on with the relationships. And so the two of you then share then a common language that you're using as an access point to discuss some of those things that are going on in the person's life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, to bring it back to, you mentioned, I can't remember how you language this, but if the if the therapist and the client have different systems that they use, different astrological systems, what to right. do there? <laughs> yeah. That seems like it would be a big issue that seems like it'd be a big issue because I know that's already an issue just for astrologers. Well, astrologers talking to astrologers, but also in the context of a normal, purely astrology reading, let's say, it can be difficult if the astrologer has one approach, but then a, the client has a different approach and they're wanting to ask questions about a perspective that or a technique, let's say, that the astrologer doesn't use, then there's kind of like a disconnect there. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have a couple of different thoughts about this. I think number one, this is why it's so um, helpful for us as astrologers to be um, multilingual or well-versed in different techniques. Um, I think that that can be really helpful. Um, and um, I, I laugh when you brought this up because um, my therapist, who is an astrologer, um, she uses a different system than I do. And I I haven't found it to be an issue. And I think that's because when, um, for a few different reasons, I think, um, I think the challenge of that is if we feel really attached to our system, then it becomes a challenge. And um, when when the client is like, yeah, this is how I experience this, or I'm experiencing, and maybe we could talk about an example. I'm having a hard time thinking of an example other than house systems. That's just what's coming to mind. Mm. Um, Because I have a lot of folks who, um, I use whole sign houses. A lot of folks use Placidus. And um, the way that I handle that is I'll use the system that they use um, and I feel comfortable with that. I think maybe there's other techniques where that's a little more challenging, a little more clunky. Um, but I'm like totally like, you tell me what it is that you're experiencing. Like, I don't need to use my system. Like, I will, of course, because um, I like it. Uh, but I'm always more interested in what resonates with the client and how they're linking that to their life because that has nothing to do with my preference for astrology. Like it's really about them and what is meaningful to them. Yeah. I think that does show a fundamentally different and important difference in like orientation between somebody. If you're just an astrologer and you're doing an astrological reading and you're talking about the system that you use because you think it's the most effective and therefore that's going to be your basis for telling the person about their life and that it's kind of in that context, it's almost more the client's role to sort of, you know, um, go along with to some extent the the system that the astrologer that they've hired is using, if that's the advice that they want to get, versus like, you know, going to another astrologer that uses a different system. But in this context, that makes a lot of sense what you're saying, because if um part of your orientation as a therapist is just understanding the person and how they are conceptualizing their life and allowing them to speak on that and use whatever access point that's relevant, then um, you know, it's it's less about you 
telling the person what their life is as an astrology and giving a delineation, but instead you're just using the astrology itself to some extent as being used just as a language that the two of you speak that you're fluent in, just as in the same way like if you were a therapist and you have a primary language, but somebody comes to you and they speak a different primary language that they would feel more comfortable speaking to you in. And if you happen to have fluency in that language that you can connect more effectively, it just uh, it helps to facilitate what you're trying to do with the therapy itself. And that's sort of what you're describing, it sounds like there. Yes. And I love the term that you use, access point, because that's the way that I'm thinking about it. When That's the way I'm thinking about astrology when we're using it in therapy is it's like, okay, how um, how do we get in to what someone is experiencing like their um how do we get into ideally you know the unconscious or the unsaid or what what is going on here that we're not aware of and how do we explore that and that could be the whole needle chart that could be their correlation of venus retrograde but it's like it's not about venus retrograde it's about their experience of venus retrograde or that whatever makes sense. It, yeah yeah um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I do think you could run into issues though occasionally if you ran into a situation where it's like the person thinks about and has become disturbed about a technique that they heard from another astrologer that you personally might think is wrong or 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 where if the person's like becoming obsessed about something that's become detrimental, then you know, at some point, whether you have like an obligation to be like, you know, hey, I'm not sure if that technique, you know, is I don't want to say like true because obviously we get into all these debates in the astrological community about what techniques are true or what, whatever. But if there was hypothetically, let's say something that was really off the wall that the, that's like disturbing the peace of mind of the client, and if you as an astrologer think that maybe that's not as important or compelling as they think it is, and and that you maybe feel like compelled to tell them that. Yes, I think that's a great point. And and frankly, I think that that kind of thing can happen even when when I'm looking at the chart with the client, there could be something that I say that that invokes fear or dread and um you know, I, I think there's a lot of negative delineations around some more challenging um chart signatures like the eighth house or the twelfth house, like there's a lot of fear that's invoked in that. And I think that even I think that uh yeah, like I think that's a, a danger of astrology is that it can, instead of inspiring hope and understanding, it can uh bring about fear or something challenging. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was thinking of like the worst case scenario where somebody's like, this astrologer told me I was going to die next year or something like that. And I don't think that's a common thing. And I think most astrologers would say that that's unethical. Um, and I've really been putting off doing a whole episode about astrology's whole history with that topic and the topic of death in general, because it's very tricky. But um, when it was something like, let's say, extreme like that, and then as the astrologer, maybe you have more of an ability actually to maybe be able to pull them back from that and say, you know, astrology tends to be more of an ar archetypal and symbolic um, system. And so 
uh, you know, becoming too attached to to some prediction like that might not be healthy, and, and it might not end up being true in the end. So maybe that's where you could be helpful in being able to have that perspective and maybe pull them back if they're using the astrology in the way that's maybe not as helpful or healing, uh, you know, within reason in terms of criticizing like other astrologers or other systems or approaches to astrology. Yeah, I like that. Um in that it's like, okay, it sounds like this maybe if someone says, yeah, an astrologer told me, which I hope that's not what anyone is saying. Um, an astrologer told me that I'm going to die in X amount of years. Um, I would want to say, okay, like, can you tell me more about what they said? And let's, let's look at your chart and let's see. And, um, you know, let's see what we can figure out here. And, oh, you know, I can see how they may have, maybe they saw, you know, this Pluto or whatever uh, transit or aspect. And, you know, I would say that also maybe means X, Y, and Z. And like you just said, Chris, that things can be more symbolic. And, um, oh, so you've been working with that astrologer for a long period of time. Okay. You know, are you finding it helpful when you see them? How do you feel when you see them? Um, how do you feel talking about this now? What, what about what I just said, um, resonates with you or, or not? And, um, and yeah, I think even that can be an entry point. Um, but, but yeah, definitely challenging for sure. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a tricky issue. Maybe that's too big to get into, but it does bring up a whole side topic we're going to talk about, which is, you know, that there may be contraindications for using astrology in a session or instances where maybe astrology wouldn't either be appropriate in that context or wouldn't be appropriate for certain people. Yes. Uh, so rule of thumb is essentially um incorporating astrology into the therapy session, and I think this goes along with um, things like dream interpretation as well, is that it's not really ideal for folks who are experiencing extreme psychopathology, um, for folks who are having trouble telling the difference between symbol and reality, um, and then for folks who maybe simply tend to assign power outside of themselves already, like they are already looking to... Um, so. Uh, for example, if I'm finding that someone tends to say, oh, you know, this transit is making this happen in my life, or um, they're talking about astrology in a way that either they're a victim of it or that that it seems to take away their power and control and autonomy in their life, like I'm really going to want to dial that back and even maybe not use it because it's, it's, um, because insight and awareness and, and like, you know, these like, uh, ideas and understanding, that's not really what those folks need. What those folks need is, uh, being grounded in the, in, the physical reality of life and having more containment, so to speak, versus having all of these cool and interesting ideas and connections. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely, I think there's definitely different personality types where sometimes, you know, on the one hand, the distinction we might make is between somebody that's using astrology and it's 
they're using it in a way that's like empowering them versus if there's somebody that's using it in a way that's disempowering them, then that might not be healthy or it might not be a good thing. Or there's certain personality types that I see sometimes if a person is given more towards really extreme, let's say like like conspiracy theories for lack of a better term, something like astrology sometimes can not be very helpful because it can just exacerbate some of that or they can start using it in a way that um might not be very healthy yeah i think um yeah exacerbate is a good way of saying it is we don't want to someone that's that's already um living outside of themselves and yeah like we don't we don't want to we don't want to continue that we want to keep things more grounded and um I think, you know, essentially uh, having astrology as a part of the process, it should foster the client's connection to themselves and and having like a, a stronger sense of self and then also ideally foster the therapeutic relationship as well. And so, you know, if that's not happening, then then maybe it's not a right fit for that particular person. Yeah, for sure. Especially if, like, I guess what I was saying with the previous comment is, especially if a person's having like extreme sort of delusions of some sort, like the the astrology may not be helpful in that context. Like, it may be something that that I don't want to say makes that worse, but for for some people, it's potentially something that certainly is not necessarily going to help because that's something I think as astrologers we always get into the mindset that like astrology is great you know it's such a cool tool surely you know if it was more widely known about this would always help people in their lives and it would make society better or whatever um but i think there's sometimes instances where like certain people maybe you know astrology doesn't help them as much and that you you do have to be a little careful about that definitely yeah sure so all right so that's good um so let's move on because we had some other I mean, I guess we're already getting into some of these other sections in terms of ethical considerations, um, but also we were going to talk a little bit about how to conceptualize astrology within the context of this application, and maybe this maybe this would be a good time to do that. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I've thought about this a lot, and I I think that we can start to destigmatize the idea of using astrology and therapy when we think about astrology as the way that we may use dreams in psychotherapy um because uh or, you know dreams or free association or active imagination um because the dream is essentially it's a psychotherapeutic technique. It's like, okay, like what's happening with you? How do we see how the symbols relate? And we're simply using astrology in that same way. And I think that that makes astrology seem sort of less scary and sort of contextualizes, okay, like, you know, how do we actually bring it in? Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. In the same way of like, you know, persons having nightmares about something and that that's bringing up something in them or it's like reminding them of something or awakening something that they're actually wrestling with that's actually central to or relevant to some you know therapy session that you're having with them then that's certainly something you could talk about because maybe it does speak to something broader that they're actually dealing with on a core level and, and similarly 
the astrology might be used as a similar like jumping off point. Yes, exactly. And just like dreams, it's um, you know typically depending on the kind of therapy that we're doing, but typically it's not like okay, hello, what dream did you have? You know, this week. It's not an every session kind of thing. Um, mm. It's more spontaneous. It's more organic. The client brings it in when they want to, and I think that we can have the same sort of guideline with astrology. Um, in that, you know, there's sometimes I'll go, you know, weeks or months without astrology ever entering the therapy room. And then sometimes we'll talk about it a lot. Um, but it, uh, yeah, that I guess my point is just that, uh, astrology doesn't have to be this ever present thing in the room that it can come and go in, in divine timing, so to speak. That makes a lot of sense. So using it when, relevant or when it arises sort of naturally but it doesn't necessarily need to be forced because your primary focus is the psychotherapy session itself and the things that, that that's what's being centered rather than the astrology itself necessarily always being at the center of everything yes exactly yeah yeah okay um and in that context, I know you talked about astrology being used as like a symbolic language or or a form of divination or or other things. Yeah, and I think that you mentioned this um, a little bit ago too. Is that we can think of it as yeah, as as a language, as a symbolic language, just in the way that um, if um, you know I have someone that that speaks. Spanish, and then I happen to speak Spanish, and maybe it's more comfortable to speak Spanish. Um, in this case, astrology, I I think of it as a language of of psyche, of the human experience. Um, some folks may say it's an archetypal language. And I mentioned the divination too, because there's this uh, synchronistic or spontaneous element, like especially when we're thinking about um, the time when someone comes in and we can see this through, uh, the consultation chart, um, the kinds of, uh, clients that a therapist tends to attract and the synastry that they have with them. And so, um, and I, I've found this being an astrologer too. It's very interesting. The kinds of people that come into your life, um, in time and over phases. And, and so there's something sort of, um, divinatory about it as well yeah for sure so it's like the the parallel is like that famous um story by young where he's talking about like this um, client who's describing this dream where there's like a beetle and it's it's featuring very prominently in their dream and then all of a sudden at the same moment like a beetle starts knocking on the window and he picks it up and like hands it to the client and it's like this big breakthrough moment that similarly you know the chart for let's say your first meeting um might describe something that's actually going to be very relevant about what the two of you are going to focus on and some sometimes your ability to see that symbol um not uh, as not just as a therapist but as an astrologer um could help to be part of that like breakthrough moment in order to be able to get to the core of somebody's issues but it's something that's arising sometimes spontaneously and, and organically that's not that that has to come from the moment and there is that random or chance element to that which is something that's always underlying different forms of divination yes 
Exactly. And I think it's important to, in this context, think about astrology as, as more of, yeah, that language and art, a divination versus a um, a r- more rigid scientific technique that can always be applied in a very particular kind of way. Um, I think though, you know, of course, some folks um, like to think of astrology as science. I think when we're putting it into this context, there's there's a little more, um, yeah, there's more, um, it's more of an art than a science, at least the way that I experience it. Sure. Yeah. And I think there's, there's elements that they're really important and true and that it can also be used just purely as we were talking about on that level of a language that two people can share regardless of like the validity of astrology um, in and of itself. Um, I have, I have though been thinking about recently that it's like there is an empirical component to astrology and either, even as a psychotherapist, I think that's going to be relevant in your practice because let's say you are at least paying attention passively to the charts of different people that you're seeing regularly, you're going to see certain combinations or certain placements in the chart. Let's just say something like you mentioned Saturn in the fourth house, for example, and how a past client um, experienced that placement in their birth chart and some of the issues that it came up in the in the area of parents, let's just say. And then you see like another client that has Saturn the fourth, and you see their mm-hmm. experience of that placement. And then you see like a third person. Like there, there's a certain point as an astrologer where there's an empirical element where um, those data points are sometimes informing how you see that placement because you do start seeing repetitions and you do start seeing a correlation between a similar range of meanings about how different people will experience the same placement so that I don't think I think it's important as astrologers sometimes to recognize that to some extent or talk about that because it means there is an empirical component and it also means that astrology is not purely a language in the sense that it's just like poetry or something that doesn't have any grounding in reality but in fact, it is speaking to something that's actually really happening or some sort of real phenomenon in nature of some sort. Yes. And uh, this is a part of why I'm so excited to use astrology and therapy is because we, um, you know, we meet with someone every week, sometimes over the course of years, and then we really get to understand you know, um, the nature of whatever it is that's in their chart. And so we get such a deeper understanding. And I think that, yes, like there are certain themes where it's like, oh, this is, this is what Saturn in this placement tends to look like. And this is all the different ways that it can look. Um, this is, you know, a conversation for another time, but I'm very interested in looking at how we can do qualitative research as astrologers versus quantitative where it's more um you know about studying broad themes and looking at things um within the context of an individual's life versus looking at at just the numbers and just the statistics and i think that astrology tend because it's more of a humanitarian or at least to me more of a humanitarian kind of um practice is that I think that the more that we can use qualitative data, I think that serves us, but uh, that's a whole other side tangent. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, but that seems that seems important and sort of relevant just in terms of talking about like how we define astrology or 
the role of astrology as a language and that that's going to be part of what you're doing. Um, I had some other like point to make about that, but I think I've lost it. So yeah, I think that might be good in terms of conceptualization of astrology and and setting that foundation of like what how we're actually thinking about it and that we're thinking of it not necessarily or most astrologers that are using it in a therapeutic context are not thinking of the planets causing people to behave in certain ways but instead they're thinking of it in the sense of the placements reflecting something about what's going on in reality. Mhm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um so we started to get into this but maybe it's worth circling back to if there's anything else we didn't touch on but just ethical considerations when you're using astrology within the context of psychotherapy? Yes, uh, we we sort of have touched on, but not maybe specifically named. Um, there's there's an ethical consideration around the therapist there being a power imbalance, um, and I I think that already in therapy there's inherently a power imbalance, and that the therapist or you know even in astrology readings the astrologer is the one that knows lots of things and is sort of like the expert. Um, and then the client is the one that is, you know, seeking assistance. Um, and I think that it's so important to be aware of this. And folks who are therapists have, you know, received training on this and how to manage this. Um, and there's a potential for astrology to exacerbate um, or amplify that power imbalance that's already present by um, the therapist being like the one with the wisdom about the astrology. And, you know, I think we've talked about how to manage that by deferring to the client and how they're experiencing things. Um, but I think that it can, it can be, uh, you know, astrology can be very seductive in that we're like, oh, like I know what's going on here and I'm going to tell the person or, um, you know, even if I'm not going to tell them, I really see the truth. And I think that, um, as therapists and counselors and even astrologers, we always need to be kind of like looking at um, how we how we manage that and how we see ourselves and where we feel kind of like um, huffed up sort of by by having all of the astrology knowledge that we do. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a really tricky thing, uh, just because the um, astrology. Anytime somebody's approaching astrologers like for a reading, um, they're doing so with the presumption that this person, through the astrology, like knows more about their life than the client does, or might be able to provide insights. And and there's going to be different levels of, you know, how much they feel like the person will know about their life and be able to tell them, especially about their their future, because that's also maybe sometimes a different orientation is different astrologers in their focus more on on the present and like what's presently relevant or what's relevant about the chart and the astrology about a person's past and what you, it can tell you about that versus what it may or may not be able to tell you about the future and that clients sometimes put a lot of there's a lot of power in that um which is very important to be able to like wield carefully um and that would be even more so in this context yeah, and I think, you know, I, I'm also like talking about this, um, you know, acknowledging I'm a human and I'm I, you know, these are things that I struggle with as well. And I think that 
um, anytime that um, I find myself telling the client like, oh, this is, this means this, or you're, you know, this is your, I'm like, okay, Shauna, like, you know, dial it back because um, that's not what that's about. Um, You know, the, um, I think it can be helpful to share. And um, I'll even say too, that depending on what someone wants when they come in, sometimes we will start with an astrology reading uh, before we start formal psychotherapy, just to kind of like sort of get all of that stuff out of the way. Um, so where it can be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be the astrologer in the session and I am going to tell you things. Um, but then it's going to be, you know, then it's going to be the ball is in your court, so to speak. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, it's like a constant checking in process, whether or not we use astrology, if, if, um, if as counselors and therapists, we're finding ourselves like, um, being the authority in the room on the person's experience. Yeah. I like that approach. That's a really cool approach to maybe get the reading out of the way first. And then that sets you up to be able to then do the psychotherapy after that or, or what have you. Cause that going back to what I, what I was going to say that I, I lost earlier was just, that's always been one of the most fun parts of astrology or most interesting parts to me is seeing clients and that you have this person who's a complete stranger to you and you, sh- you have like no idea of background of their life or anything else. And you look at their chart and you read it ahead of time and you get an idea about how the person's life should be or different things about their life. Um, but that you really, until you start talking to the person, you have no reason to think why that should be the case or why those parts of the person's life should be the way they are. But then as you start talking to the person, you learn that they are and you learn how the chart does actually match oftentimes very well um, what this person's lived experience and circumstances and sometimes character or, or psyche are like. Um, and that's such an interesting and fascinating process, but it's one always that you you go into blind and always with a certain almost amount of like skepticism of like, you know, I don't have any background information on this person's life, but then all of a sudden you find out that oftentimes the astrology is describing it actually rather well. And that's kind of a cool part of the process. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying that that flow because it it sort of also sets like a base po- uh, a baseline of like okay what's happening what is happening over the next couple of months the next years and it's kind of like um yeah sets a foundation for maybe what the person may want to explore going forward in therapy and and i think we get out of the way the like what i think and i can just you know put it out there and um we can see what resonates with them and what what also doesn't um and we can also get out of the way if there is if their approach to astrology is different than mine and how we um how we come to terms with that so to speak that brings up like two other points like one is that astrology works better in context and so while you know it's good to like do a reading early on it's like the more context you learn about a person's life the more you understand how the placements actually fit into their life and as an astrologer that actually gives you even a better ability than to say um you know how certain transits or other things are are working out or are going to work out probably within a certain range just because 
um, you know, the birth chart, it could be a birth chart for um, people born in different places at different times. And depending on the person's like circumstances or like, you know, cultural things or other things like that, there's going to be a certain range of possible manifestations of the planets that might not be available to them. Um, but once you know the context, then it helps you to really like sharpen your understanding of like what's possible and what delineations might be relevant. Yes. And, you know, I think also there's so many things that people don't share in an astrology reading um, that for, for whatever reason, and um, through the therapy process, it's, you know, things start to come out that maybe a person hasn't shared for, you know, like like a year into the process and there's something like really critical in their life that finally they're ready to to bring out and and that yeah that we can see that in the chart and and make sense of that yeah that actually reminds me of like um so the like sometimes astrology can be like a really serious thing because it's talking about people's lives and it can talk about things that are really serious in a person's life and sometimes you can accidentally tread on that unknowingly I remember this time like years ago when I participated in a thing at an OPA conference where I think there was like five astrologers and we all read a chart blind for this person and then they were supposed to get up we were to understand at the end and like tell us like who got it right or or what have you who did a better job or whatever um and a two or three of us ended up focusing on this one part of the chart where there was like a stellium or something, but it was kind of there were some challenging placements. And um the person later got up and like didn't really say anything like afterwards. And so we assumed that it just like went horribly and was like a bad event, but learned later that what happened was in fact we had picked up on something, but it it was a very difficult or like traumatic spot from the person's past. And it wasn't something that when they got up there in front of a room of like 100 people at the end that they really wanted to talk about. And that um, always ended up being a really good illustration to me of like several different things, but also sometimes how you got to be careful with this stuff. And sometimes the like, I don't want to say like trivialization of astrology is not the right word, but something in that ballpark can sometimes be tricky because you're dealing sometimes with really important and heavy stuff in people's lives and so there has to be a certain amount of care taken going going into that yeah yes um care care in the process and i i often think about we may say something that that to us seems you know perfectly fine but we we don't have control over how the client or the person that we're reading for or even the the psychotherapist how they're going to take that um positive or negative and um yeah i think having care is a really good um intention for this kind of work yeah for sure um and that can be tricky and i think all astrologers learn that over a period of time that sometimes you can you need to try your best to be careful with your language because you don't know how it's going to land with different people or how they might interpret it. But there's sometimes, even despite one's best efforts, there can be ways in which a person might understand what you say quite differently when the, than what you intend. And that can sometimes be tricky to, to deal with as well when doing some of this work. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, so you talked to though, you mentioned you said um therapeutic process, and that brought up another thing that's really important in this context, which is you, that usually in like most contexts, an astrologer, especially with natal astrology, is just doing like a one-off reading. 
where you have like a 75 minute consultation and that's it. And there's really only so much you can go through during the course of that versus within the context of astrology and psychotherapy, you're doing actually the more ideal situation for an astrologer, which is that you're actually getting to know the person and their life and the context of their life in a much more intimate way than you would um, or a better way than you would um, under a normal circumstance of a singular one-off reading. And I think that puts you in a much more unique position to whatever extent you're using astrology to be able to use it more effectively and at a deeper level because you understand the context of the person's life better. Yes. And uh, I, I found that I really love this part of, of the work is that like, you know, there's always, there's always more. And um, I find that when a person is in therapy, like they're also discovering more and more about their experience. You know, maybe they have an experience of um, financial insecurity, um, financial challenges. And why is this, you know? And I think that we can, it's so easy to be like, oh, this problem is because of this one singular thing. And the more that I do this work, the more that I'm understanding that there's all of these different things that feed into it. And, you know, a person's temperament, their um, early upbringing, their environment, their cultural context, um, and and their astrology. And it's not always like one thing in the chart. And I think that that's something that, um, that I find really interesting to work with folks is it's like, <laughs> you know, um, I have some clients who are like, oh yeah, my darn, you know, X, Y, and Z um, aspect, you know, my um, Saturn's a common one, but, you know, or like my, my moon Pluto conjunction or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, like, yes. And there's that, but also like, what about this thing over here? And, um, you know, when you talk about this scenario, I'm really hearing this part of your chart being expressed here. And, and what do you think is going on there? And so it's, um, yeah, it's like this constant exploration, not just of their experience, but of how the, the chart is speaking to their experience. And I think that it can really help us um, to look at the chart in a more whole way versus um, I find that it can be our, our natural tendency, and I do this too, is to to sort of like um, compartmentalize the chart and to sort of think of the chart in like um, little bits and pieces versus the whole thing working together to create an experience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so maybe just to circle around, circle around and close out that last thing about the power imbalance, maybe part of the thing is just setting expectations and especially establishing that the, the astrologer slash psychotherapist is not like infallible right from the start, because that's maybe one of the things that the clients need to understand about astrologers to go into it with obviously a certain amount of, you know, belief that astrology is a legitimate phenomenon and yet not, put the astrologer on too high of a pedestal in terms of um, how astrology works, having reasonable expectations about how astrology works? Yes. Uh, yes. I think that as a client, it's so important to say when something doesn't resonate or something doesn't sit quite right, or, well, actually it's more like this. And that that, that is, um, you know, I think we can be so afraid to be wrong 
or to make someone feel like they're wrong, but that that actually helps everyone to understand more of what's happening here. And so, yeah, I think definitely for clients to be able to push back when something doesn't resonate and to to remember that your astrologer, your counselor, your therapist, your teacher, whoever, they're all humans and they're not always going to get it right. And that's okay. And that's a part of the process. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I always find really funny about sometimes when skeptics accuse astrologers of just doing cold reading is anybody that like sees that does consulting astrology for like long enough realizes that like, no, when somebody when a astrologer tells a client something that doesn't match up with their life, like the client usually will tell you pretty quickly, like if that's not resonating for them or something like that. So that's that's part of the like dialogue and doing a consultation and sometimes finding um, the way that it does manifest rather than just assuming it's it's going to show up in one singular way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, astrology is so, there's so many different ways that something could manifest. And um, yeah, we, we need to be able to have that, um, that feedback to, to discern what it is. For sure. For sure. Okay. So um, other ethical considerations, you mentioned sessions could turn into astrology readings purely where the psychotherapist is telling the client what they're like versus actually listening to the client as a potential downside. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, we've, we've sort of danced around that topic and I think that that's something that can happen for maybe a person that, um, for a counselor or therapist who's really excited to bring astrology in. And then, you know, the client is like, oh yeah, like tell me more. And then, uh, they both sort of get sucked into that. And so I, I think it's important to name that that's something that we always want to like guard against and, um, that we can do that by uh by defaulting to the client and like like being like oh yeah like well what do you think about this what how do you correlate this and um yeah 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 sometimes like one model that i had at one point just for doing like astrology readings was to give like one positive like interpretation of how that archetype could manifest let's say it's like an aspect or a placement so one positive possible manifestation one challenging possible manifestation and then maybe one neutral manifestation and then ask you know how has that worked out for you because then it gives you it sort of demonstrates the range while still putting some boundaries on it of like the range in which you think it should be manifesting but then allowing for and opening up that dialogue so that you can then see what the actual like context is and whether that's resonating or whether it's not, or whether it's resonating in a slightly different way than you anticipate. Yeah. And what I like about that is that gives the client the opportunity to claim which of those they feel comfortable with. So you're kind of like, yeah, this is the the full spectrum of the way that other people experience this instead of saying like, you are this way it's like yeah these are the this is the platter of things that you can identify with if you wish um yeah it's much less confrontational <laughs> sure yeah, yeah for sure um okay and then the final one that you mentioned was the potential um in the worst case scenario to pathologize the client based on their astrology um instead of using the chart as a method to validate and understand the client 
Yeah, um, I think this is, you know, and again, I'm saying this is like, this is something that that I find myself doing too, is as astrologers, we're very aware of the the certain astrological signatures that we like versus the ones that we don't like. And, um, you know, maybe we've even had experiences with people in our lives that had a certain um, signature. And now anytime we meet anyone with that signature, we're like, oh yeah, they're, you know, they're this kind of way. And um, and I think, yeah, that's another thing to, to be aware of is, um, when we may be projecting a certain quality onto a client in a negative kind of way and sort of like putting them into a box or pathologizing them. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that we can do this as astrologers and I think that it can be, uh, dangerous when it's in the psychotherapeutic space because, um, because the client is looking to the therapist as an authority figure, um, already, like that's already kind of like, um, that's already a part of the dynamic is the way that it's set up. And so, um, so yeah, I think, I think just important to acknowledge that that's a potential and something to guard against. Yeah. I think that's good advice, both within the context of astrology and psychotherapy, but also in the context of just using astrology in general and how you use it to interact with people in your lives is um, let let your interactions with the person dictate your views on that person and what your relationship is with them. Don't let the astrology be the primary or, or first thing that you're using to dictate your views on the person or what your relationship and interactions with them should be like. Um, and usually if you follow that sort of tip, um, you can usually like fall on the right side of it when it comes to certain things. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So I guess that just goes back to the partially also the provisional nature of things that even if you've observed just certain things, or if you've had certain experiences of how certain placements have worked out in the past, you know, every time you need you meet a new person, even if you're aware of those previous things, you have to approach your relationship with them with a certain amount of like a blank slate. Um, because otherwise it's like you don't want to fall into the trap of using astrology in a way that you're overly categorizing certain people to the point of like presumptuousness or even um, you know, prejudice or what have you. Yeah. And I would say, um, I think coming to it with a blank as a blank slate is a little bit challenging. I, um, I would think of it as, yeah, like, um, having a lack of assumptions and having a state of curiosity, like, oh, like what is, what is this? What is this person? And how, how are they manifest, um, expressing this particular kind of signature? And, um, of course, this is always easier said than done, right? Especially if we have like intense experiences with certain kind of signatures, whether that's a transit that we've experienced or synastry with another person or something like that. Um, but yeah, maintaining this sort of like openness to the possibilities of of what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. I guess it's something every every astrologer will go back and forth on and struggles with and but eventually needs to find some sort of balance too because one of the things i've noticed over the years is like even if you have that experience where it's like you've had a string of like a few different people in your life in different contexts that have had certain placements and then it's it's been 
challenging or difficult or even worse in some ways, sometimes what will happen is at some point, like astrology will throw you a curveball and like one of those, a new person will come into your life with those same exact placements and you're going to be a little cautious or a little nervous at first, but sometimes like it ends up working out in the best possible manifestation of those of that archetype basically and that's the reason why you sort of have to leave some room for that um, in whatever your your interactions are as an astrologer yes and I think that's it's so important to say to ourselves okay like the chart doesn't tell me everything the chart um doesn't tell us I don't think it tells us a person's emotional maturity um you know, I think there's things that we can see, but there's also things that we can't see. And yeah, uh, totally. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And there's also different, like, there's like environmental factors about like how the person grew up or or like what their family was like or or different experiences that they had along the way that sometimes could like exacerbate certain placements or in other instances can sometimes really like humble people. And that offsets things in really major ways, which is why um, you have to approach it with as much balance as you can with each each new person. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So um, other considerations, so types of therapy that are inherently well-matched with astrology versus those that are not? Yeah. Uh, this felt important to mention because, um, so, the, you know, the type of therapy that I practice is depth psychotherapy, and that's an umbrella term for any type of therapy that is oriented towards um, restructuring the mind, restructuring the personality. It's really focused on um, working with the unconscious and uh, depth psychotherapy tends to feel subtle and to work slowly over time. Um, Depth psychotherapy. Oh, go ahead. Is that that like the Jungian sort of branch or approach or influence by it or, 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 is that not a correct like association to make? So the umbrella under the umbrella of depth psychotherapy is Jungian psychotherapy, um, archetypal therapy, um, sand play. Let's see, what else am I missing here? Um, yeah, th- those are the main ones. Um, but yeah, Jungian is definitely under there. And I use the term depth because um, most people think of Jungian therapy, um, but there's a lot of different therapies that are similar to Jungian that use similar concepts, but have um, different techniques or different models of mind. And they're all oriented around uh, working with the unconscious and working with like restructuring the way that a person is, the way that they show up in their life, in contrast to cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, which is the more mainstream therapy that we have. You know, if you um, find a therapist on your insurance plan, it's usually going to be a CBT sort of therapist. And um, so CBT in contrast to depth therapy, CBT is more focused on working with your behavior, working with your conscious mind and sort of like your will to change things. It's usually um, oriented towards targeting a particular symptom in your life and figuring out a way to, um, to change that through your behavior. Whereas depth is more about, um, 
who are you? How did you get here? And a lot of that involves um, processing uh, like internal dynamics and how you feel. And, and again, tends to be more subtle and works slowly over time versus CBT is more like uh, like an espresso shot of therapy, so to speak. Okay. And you feel like depth psych- psychotherapy is more well-suited or matched to astrology? That's my experience, yes. And I say that because um, depth psychotherapy really works with the symbolic. Um, there's, uh, you know, the a part of depth itself is viewing everything in the life as symbolic um, and incorporating things like dream or symbolic amplification of the the symptom that's happening. And um, depth therapy tends to be more reflective, introspective. Some folks may see uh, it tends to be more spiritual. I think that really depends on a person's worldview. Um, but yeah, it tends to be more introspective, so to speak, whereas CBT is more like, okay, what's happening? What's the behavior? How do we change it? It's more focused on the um, the superficial actions. Um and I, uh, you know, I think that there's more potential for, um, for pathologizing someone in their chart when we're looking at things from a CBT sort of orientation. And frankly, there's not the time to go more deeply into the chart when someone's working in a CBT sort of fashion. Um, and I'm not saying that if someone's a CBT therapist that they shouldn't try to incorporate astrology and that that wouldn't be helpful, but I just thought it would be... I think it's important to consider the way in which we're working when we're bringing astrology into that way of working. Sure. That makes sense. Okay. Um, and there may be, I don't know, even other therapeutic like applications. I know, you know, like famously Tarnas and some of his work with like Groff in like the eighties and like they were doing some of that research about, um, the timing involved in like astrology and like psychedelics and things like that. Um, so that's a whole other quasi therapeutic sort of application as well. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other game and I'm definitely not an expert on that, but that's definitely, you know, I would even think, um, psychedelic assisted therapy, uh, I would think that would be more friendly towards astrology as well. Um, that that's my sense for it. Um, okay, sure, sure. Yeah, that's a whole separate thing. Um, in terms of other, you know, potential issues, um, you wrote that because astrology is still considered a fringe, occult, or even sun sign based practice, it's not easily incorporated in a community mental health setting. Yeah, and so um, for folks who are working in in a setting where, uh, you know, you, you have your 50 minutes or however with someone and you have lots of people coming in rapidly and folks who are, um, extreme experiencing more extreme conditions and you're working with taking insurance and there's a lot of documentation. I think that it can sort of, um, feel like, again, this sort of like shameful secret that you're using astrology when you're in, um, more of a community mental health setting versus a private practice setting. And um, I think that's valid. And I think, again, that would be maybe a case where a person wants to 
um, where clinician wants to use astrology just for their own understanding versus bringing it into the room where maybe it feels unsafe to do so because it feels like they maybe would like get in trouble or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Judged. Yeah, that's what I immediately thought of is like fear of ostracization from one's community if you're using it more openly. Um, or even, I mean, you know, something I run into and I think about somewhat frequently is just, um, you know, most polls say that something like 25 to 30 percent at the highest end of the spectrum supposedly like quote unquote believe in astrology, whatever that means. That means there's a whole like 70. 70% or 75% of society that doesn't quote unquote believe in astrology or think it's a legitimate phenomenon for a range of different re reasons that may range from like scientific reasons to religious reasons or you know other things who knows what else so that's also a tricky thing when it comes to like using astrology in that setting um is even for me when just like meeting strangers it's like you never know and you say you're an astrologer, like how that's going to land with an individual person, and you have like a 75% chance that it's perhaps not going to be received well. Yes. Yeah. We don't know what someone's perception of astrology is going to be. And um, yeah, I I don't tend to tell people that that's what I do unless I have a sense of of safe, you know, if it's that that it's safe to tell them that, that it, how it will be accepted. And so I think that there is this way in which um, if we're going to be using these practices that we sort of need to be protective of it and to do so in a way that feels like we're, um, we're not just being ethical, but we're also, um, we're also protecting our, um, our professional uh, status or our professional um, uh, yeah, our profession, so to speak as well. Sure. Well, and, well, and also on your website and your like astrology presence, it's like people, if they're coming to you through that, they sort of know what you're about and what you're getting, what, what they're getting. So it's not necessarily that you're hiding anything either. Um, yeah. But it seems like it's an important skill to be able to uh, to put in different boxes, like the astrology part of one's um, thinking and the therapist part of one's thinking, or to sort of segregate them sometimes. Yeah, and I think that for some people, they're going to they're going to be in a um, you know I'm I'm very privileged in that I can do that and that um, that I'm working in private practice, so I can be that upfront with it and. Um, the people who are important in my life are not antagonistic towards astrology, but I know some folks who, uh, based on the place that they work or family and friends, there's a need to sort of keep it that part more hidden. And I think that, yeah, we always have to figure out what is what is right for us. And, um, and yeah, I, I feel lucky that I've been able to be so upfront about it, what people can expect from me. For sure. All right. Um, well, I think that brings us towards the end of this. So we were going to maybe review some overall pros and cons. Um, we've been talking a lot about some of the potential challenges. So maybe maybe just to summarize again a little bit of what, what the advantages are, what the pros are, what the potential is for incorporating astrology into psychotherapy. Yeah. Uh, so I think we talked about some of the pros are definitely that it 
it's a helpful tool to be able to understand the client, um, to understand what's going on, to conceptualize the broader themes in their life, and uh, that it can also be used as a helpful tool in session to connect more with the client, to amplify their experience. And I think for someone who is in therapy, it can be, um, I don't know that we necessarily touched on this whole lot, but I think for someone in therapy, it can be really validating to see like that their experience is, is mirrored in something outside of themselves and that there's nothing wrong with them that, um, you know, that they can, in essence, therapeutically blame whatever is happening on the outside. And that sometimes that, that blaming can, um, can make it like, oh, I'm not bad. There's this, this challenging thing that's happening. And how do I deal with that? Right. And, and, and not even necessarily just in a sort of like blaming, you know, there's the, the cliche of like blaming the planets or Mercury retrograde for, for one's woes or something like that. But in the sense of astrology can be very self-affirming um, by giving that outside perspective that can sometimes confirm things that the person has has always felt or experienced about their life but has had a hard time um understanding or articulating in some ways mm -hmm. yes yes and uh we said that astrology can be sort of a shortcut to some of these things whether it's understanding the client and who they are and what they're about and their challenges um and then yeah a shortcut to uh to that validation piece and that sense of self-understanding. Yeah, I, I always think about that. And I'm like, I always think about that when a when a therapist is like starting out that long process of like many sessions of trying to understand this stranger in these short, let's say like one hour sessions where you, you do the best you can, but you're only uncovering a small bit each time. And if somebody came up to you and was like, hey, would you like to have an overview of this person's life like right from the start and sort of like a cheat sheet or a cliff notes version of like the person's life that might help orient you with some of the main, you know, strengths and some of the main challenges that they might want to talk about both sort of universally in their life, but also locally in terms of the current time frame. Like, would you, would you like that? And I really have a hard time like imagining most people turning that down uh, to me, to me at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's there's a lot of value that it can provide and um the 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 flip side of that to speak to the con is that um I think the only reason why someone would not say, "Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing," is that there's this stigma um that that astrology is inherently sort of fringe or occulty or even misunderstood. Um and th that that's sort of one of the challenges is um, navigating the inherent judgment towards astrology. Yeah, which is unfortunate because they treat it like they're like, well, to get that cheat sheet, you have to like sacrifice a goat to get it or something like that. But that's not really what astrology is. It's like honestly not that occult and not that um, woo woo or whatever other sort of weird negative um, connotations I think that people sometimes have when they're coming from an outside perspective and they simply don't know. Because I guess that's always hard for me to, I always have to be reminded periodically sometimes when I when I meet a stranger or when I meet like a skeptic of astrology and you're trying to interface with them, like it takes you a little while to remember and realize you're talking to somebody that thinks 
usually that like sun sign astrology is astrology and that's the totality of what they understand about it. So you have to understand that if that's all you thought it was, you also might have some of the same objections to it or, or think some some very similar things. But because you know that it's much more deep and, and complex than that, that's part of why you have a much different perspective on it. And then it's important to keep that in mind or find a way to convey that to people. But unfortunately, it's not always possible. So there, there will, for the foreseeable future, be some stigma associated with it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's something that I think that as astrologers and therapists that we're always going to have to contend with, like you say, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, yeah. And are there other cons or should we, are there other pros or should we talk about the cons? Should we talk about any other pros? I mean, the pros, I mean, the timing thing, the synastry thing is great. You're understanding your relationship with the other person better and in areas of challenge or your areas of ease. I mean, the transit thing is really one of the most amazing things for me, just understanding and having a different perspective, because that can sometimes also give you a perspective on timing. And I understand that you're probably not supposed to be doing timing very much in a therapeutic context, but it's always interesting knowing, like, for example, that somebody's Saturn return is going to be about three years long and that like a person might be nearing the end of that or that they're just at the threshold of that. And this this is like the early stages of it or something like that can be somewhat useful information. And maybe maybe you don't always need to share that with a client or maybe it wouldn't always be helpful or maybe in other contexts it might be helpful if you know that somebody's like right at their exact set of return at their in the their, at the most intense part of it. Um, you know, sometimes having that knowledge of timing can be helpful, especially if a person is in the thick of something and they feel like it's going to last forever. Um, that can sometimes be really challenging, but but having that perspective as an astrologer might be useful to some extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, it if we're really taking astrology seriously and that this is a reflection of a person's psyche and their their development in this life, it's a way for us to to attune and connect into that even when we're not talking about it with them there's this deeper understanding of of their timing and i think that it can inspire hope and trust in our our process both as as clients and as clinicians yeah for sure uh, that's a really good point hope and trust cuz to the extent that it does help you to understand the person better and that it helps you to demonstrate your understanding of the person better at a much more deep level, perhaps that in and of itself is also tremendously valuable um, in that it can help with your relationship with them and that they have a better sense that you actually understand who they are and where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a huge pro as well. Is that ideally it fosters the the therapeutic relationship itself, um, which we know is one of the core through studies, um, one of the core components of uh, therapy being effective is the therapeutic alliance, the therapy relationship. So that's definitely yeah, a big deal. Yeah, and it um, makes me think of like the you know the subtitle of. Chani's book, which is like astrology for, I think it's for radical self-understanding or, you know, and, and she was influenced by Demetra's book, Astrology and the Authentic Self and the notion of like finding and embracing one's authentic self 
and to whatever extent that you're able to help facilitate that as a as a therapist or as an astrologer, you know, that's that may be inherently helpful to people. And to whatever extent astrology can help you to do that, then that seems like it would be a useful tool um, as part of that process. Mm, definitely. Yes. For sure. All right. So um, are, do you have any recommendations for therapists who want to incorporate astrology into their work or rec recommendations for people in therapy who want to bring astrology and those sorts of insights into their, their process with the therapist? Yes. Uh, so as far as therapists who want to incorporate astrology into their work, a um, few different things that I would recommend. Um, number one is to learn to read charts as well as you can. And I say that, you know, like learn how to read a natal chart, learn how to understand transits as best you can, um, take courses, etc. cetera. Um, I've mentioned um, the person who I've um, studied with, Jessica Derutza. She's a psychotherapist astrologer and she has um, classes throughout the year. So that's a really fantastic resource. I think for therapists, um, I would recommend using astrology for your own case conceptualization before ever bringing it into the room to make sure that you have a really solid understanding of yourself, of, of um, how the astrology works for yourself before bringing it in with a client. Um, I would question your motivation. Um, is this something that you want to bring in to amplify and understand? Or are you having a hard time and you simply need more training and holding space for folks? And and I, I think that's important to sort of like mitigate against some of the power imbalance stuff that we talked about. Um, so like, yeah, really questioning, why do you want to bring this in? How is this going to be helpful to you? Um, that brings up a whole thing of the ambiguity that many students of astrology run into about like at what point am i ready to start reading charts for people and that there's no real exact like line that you'll hit when you know that 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 you're fully ready to start doing consultations and everybody puts that at different parts depending on the nature of their studies but that i often see that there's some point like a few years into a person's studies maybe like 3 to 4 years where a person often it seems like around that range people feel like they start getting at the point where they're ready to start reading charts um and i always hesitate to put like a too strict limit on that because it's different for different people but it just brings up that that sort of topic yeah and i think this is why it's so important for us to be able to have um consultation with colleagues or even supervision um, you know, in the psychotherapy world where it's like, okay, like what <laughs> we we need each other to be able to understand where we actually are. And is this, um, are we ready, but we're resisting it or are we not ready? And we're sort of like jumping in too hot, too fast. Yeah. Um, that's one of the like truisms that I always notice that it's like the, um, the more conscientious students tend to and diligent students of astrology tend to put off doing consultations far longer than they should um, because they're, they're very concerned about getting it right and doing a good job that they oftentimes um, will delay their developmental process by putting off, putting it off way longer than they should, where they, they both would have been ready sooner or were ready sooner, but also that they delayed their own de developmental process because there's a certain um, 
thing that you only start learning once you start doing the consultations and getting the experience that it's a process where you don't just like stop learning at that point because you're ready to read clients, but actually each new client you see is a new chart and you learn something new each time in addition to providing the client with insights. So it's like that's a tendency. And then there's the opposite tendency where sometimes the the, the less diligent students or less conscientious ones will rush into doing consultations way before they're actually ready. And that's kind of an unfortunate tendency sometimes as well. So you want to try to find some balance or middle ground between those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the more that we can be self-reflective as professionals, we can, um, yeah, like (laughs) question where, where do we fall on that, that spectrum of things? Right. You're like, yeah, if you just cast, if you just uh, learned that what your rising sign was like a month ago and you're reflecting on that, you might be falling on like one side of that spectrum versus versus the other. Yeah. And I think this is why it's so helpful to have these kinds of conversations with other astrologers, with other therapists and to like sort of figure out, yeah, like um, where do we stand with things and how do other people see us versus how we see ourselves? That can be very clarifying in this process. For sure. For sure. All right. Awesome. And so that's for therapists that want to bring astrology in. Um, and in terms of people that want to, that are are going into therapy that would like to bring astrological insights into their process with their therapist, that one seems a little bit trickier. What's your recommendations there? Yeah. So uh, number one is I would always ask yourself, do you feel safe and comfortable with your therapist? And I know that seems like maybe a weird question, but I've talked to a lot of people that sort of feel inherently uncomfortable bringing certain things to their therapist. And so I think that's a big question. Do you feel comfortable with them in general? Do you feel comfortable bringing astrology into the room? Or is there... um, this instinct that where it feels a little scary or like they may judge you. And I think it's important to, you know, trust that and to feel it out. Um, I think that I would recommend just having a conversation and saying, Hey, like there's this thing that's really important to me that I would like to bring into our process. Um, you know, and talk about maybe um, how it is that astrology informs your life and that it's something that's important to you. And I think that any good therapist will be like, hell yeah, like, let's do it. How do we, you know, um, tell me more. And um, I mean, do you think so? Like any therapist, because like, that's the thing is like, I feel a little more cautious there where I feel like most probably therapists most like educated people in the western world don't necessarily think that astrology at least you know 70% let's say whatever even if it's like 50% if you're really flipping a coin about whether the therapist thinks that's a legitimate phenomenon or whether they think it's um not or or that it's completely false and it has no basis um, like it almost seems like if a person really wants to pr- have astrology incorporated into the therapeutic process, that they're going to have to have somebody that has some background in that be their therapist. Cause otherwise, like, I, I just can't, I would think that somebody that has absolutely no background in astrology is just going to have no ability to interface. Just like if you started speaking like another language to that person, you know, how much are they really going to be able to, to understand you? I think, yes, that's the ideal is that 
the therapist is has that language. Um, I think that, and at the same time, um, whether or not the therapist thinks that astrology is valid or invalid is sort of irrelevant because if it's important to the client, then the client should be able to bring it in. I mean, that's that's my opinion again. Like, of course, um, that doesn't mean the therapist is going to be able to to be unbiased with it. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think I think I guess maybe, yeah, I have like a high standard for our ability as professionals to hold whatever the client brings in. Like, for example, um, a client may come in and say that they're um, that they're having an affair or that they're stealing money from their business or something like that. And the therapist may think, oh, wow, like that's, you know, I have, I think this is wrong or right or whatever, but that is not for the therapist to say or to bring in. The therapist is there to be like, okay, like what's going on here and tell, tell me more about your experience. And I think that, um, like we talked about astrology is so charged, but it should be treated in the same kind of way as if someone brings in something else that, that is, um, that the therapist has a moral opinion about. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. And I definitely don't advocate because there might be some people that are amazing therapists that don't use astrology at all. And I think that's fine. And and you should stick with them because that's what's most important is probably center, centering the therapy in that context and the therapeutic potential and that you don't necessarily need astrology in order to, to obviously to be good at, at therapy or get good insights so that it's not um certainly i don't think it's something that we're advocating like people go out of their way to like see somebody that can't where they can integrate astrology into those discussions um because that won't always necessarily work um but yeah it just seems like there's depending on the level of like discussion that you want to have about astrology or the way you want to approach it, there might be different people that could be more or better or less suited for that. Definitely. And I think that it can, um, I think that it's valid for someone to come into their therapy session and say, Hey, like I have these hopes and fears, um, about, you know, talking to you about this. And, um, I would even venture to say, you know, someone that's listening to your podcast, Chris, is probably someone who's really into astrology. I think that's safe to say. And I think that um, these kinds of practices, if they're important to us, that it um, that it should be something that we can bring into that very intimate process of therapy. Um, but but again, I yeah, it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing. Yeah, that is tricky, but it, I guess it's good to know that there's different options and that there's going to be a whole range of different types of psychotherapists that are going to have different levels of like like comfort or just I guess maybe you know since we're talking to astrology enthusiasts for the most part I guess with this episode ultimately maybe that's one of the nice things to know that that's an option out there that there are people that are are skilled in psychotherapy who also incorporate astrology to some extent in their practice and that that's that's good to know that that's even an option because that might not have been an option right. in previous decades. Mhm. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um so 
Do we have any other concluding remarks to make about it other than that? It seems like we've covered so much. This has been an amazing discussion. Thanks so much for joining me today um, for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We covered a lot of ground. This has been really great. And yeah, I've I've enjoyed the conversation for sure. Yeah. I've appreciated that we've been able to talk about both like the pros and the cons. And I hope we didn't like veer too much in one direction or another, but that's something I'd like to do on the podcast. And I, I know you remarked that you like about some previous topics that I've covered is just being able to try to look at something from all of the different sides. And that includes both the positive you know, things about why this is actually a really interesting thing and could be good. It also includes some of the cautionary things about potential downsides or pitfalls. And it's nice to be able to talk about that really candidly and really openly instead of just giving a like one-sided take on it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a part of um, bringing astrology more into this field is is being able to talk about it from all sides and uh, that hopefully it can um, be more available to folks that are interested in it as well. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. Awesome. So um, tell me more about your work and where people can find out more information about you, what you have going on or what you have coming up. Yeah, uh, folks can find me at theastropsyche.com. That's my website. Um, I'm very active on YouTube and I have a podcast. Um, but yeah, everything that you you can find on my website. Um, and uh, this is the work that I do. This is my life. This is um, the thing that I love is uh, doing psychotherapy with astrology. And so um, I am accepting new psychotherapy clients. Um, and then also as far as events that are coming up, I have a workshop that I'm doing uh, this uh, Thursday, September 21st, which is will incorporate astrology. And it's particularly for folks who are in the helping healing field. Um, and uh it's essentially an extension of my thesis research um, from my master's program, looking at how we can um, move into um, doing this work in a way where we're accompanying people, sort of like we've talked about today, accompanying them on the process versus thinking about it as like fixing and um, sort of getting into states of like burnout and and overwork and things like this. And so. Um, We'll be incorporating astrology into that process as well. And all of that you can find on my website, theastropsyche.com. Awesome. That sounds amazing. So that's on, you said, September 21st? Yes. Uh, Thursday, September 21st. It's a two-hour online workshop um, at 6 p.m. Pacific time, but it'll also be recorded as well. Good. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was going to be my next question for people that listen to this in the future. So it will be recorded and people can probably get it on your website afterwards at theastropsyche.com. Yes. Yes. Cool. And I'll put a link to your website in the description um, on the podcast website for this episode, as well as below this video on YouTube in the description. Um, thanks so much for joining me today. This is amazing. Uh, we had a, it's really interesting. Um, I forgot to read the data, but today is, um, it's Wednesday, September 6, 2023, and we started a little bit after 1 p.m., and today we had the Sun-Mercury Kazemi right in the middle of the Mercury retrograde, and I can't think of a better topic that sort of fits some of that symbolism better than, than doing this deep dive into astrology and psychotherapy with you 
um, during that whole internalization process in the middle of the Mercury retrograde. So thanks a lot for joining me for this today. Mm, thank you so much, Chris. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks everyone for watching or listening to this episode of the Astrology Podcast, and we'll see you again next time. Hey, special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then please consider becoming a patron through our page on patreon.com. In exchange, you can get access to bonus content that's only available to patrons of the podcast, such as early access to new episodes, the ability to attend the live recording of the monthly forecast episodes, our monthly Auspicious Elections podcast, or another exclusive podcast series called the Casual Astrology Podcast, or you can even get your name listed in the credits at the end of each episode. For more information, visit patreon.com slash astrologypodcast. If you're looking to get an astrological consultation, we have a new list of astrologers that have been on the podcast before and who we recommend for readings at theastrologypodcast.com slash consultations. There you'll find astrologers who offer different types of consultations, including birth chart readings, synastry, rectification, electional astrology, query questions, and more. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called Astro Gold for Mac OS, which is from the creators of Solar Fire for PC, and it includes both modern and traditional techniques. You can find out more information at astrogold.io and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you'd like to learn more about my approach to astrology, then I'd recommend checking out my book titled Hellenistic Astrology, The Study of Fate and Fortune, where I go over the history, philosophy, and techniques of ancient astrology, taking people from beginner up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can get a print copy of the book through Amazon or other online retailers, or there's an ebook version available through Google Books. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. There's over 100 hours of video lectures as well as guided readings of ancient texts, and by the time you finish the course, you will have a strong foundation in how to read birth charts as well as make predictions. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com.